Thanks for listening to the Career Planning Show, where you discover how to make career choices that are aligned with your talents, strengths, and purpose in life, and how to get your dream job. This show is about who you are, what you were born to do, and how to get there. Subscribe now. We publish a new episode every Monday. Michael Ash is an integrated strategy director who has worked on advertising campaigns for some of the world's most famous brands and has been featured in Drama Magazine and Strategy Magazine. While he's grown a reputation for delivering results, his ongoing mission is to help clients balance the art and science of advertising. Michael is a close friend of mine, whom I've known since high school, with whom I've organized an event series titled Innovative Evenings, and who inspires me with his drive to add value to others by leveraging his professional skills. You can learn more about him at themichaelash.com. That's T-H-E-M-I-C-H-A-E-L-A-S-H.com. Themichaelash.com. And hear his latest thoughts on social media at themichaelash. Welcome to the Career Planning Show. Our guest today is Michael Ash. Michael, we'll get right into it. When you were a child, what did you dream of becoming when you grew up? I dream of becoming an animator. An animator? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Disney animations. I was obsessed with uh, the emotions. Um, I actually learned English by watching cartoons, Mm -hmm. by matching the mouth movements to the words that were being spoken. And I was just fascinated with um, people in motion. Mm. So sometimes I would even freeze frame the different frames of the animation and just use tracing paper to see what the next piece was going to be. But... uh, I didn't become a 3D animator. But you became an integrated strategy director. But I became an integrated strategy director. So and what is that? Integrated strategy director is essentially someone who comes up with campaign plans uh, that combine marketing communication strategies that are holistic across various channels and customer touch points. Uh, essentially, uh, one of the things that happens a lot with uh, advertising campaigns is that A new agency comes along, comes up with ideas for what the brand should look and feel like and throws this big idea. The TV spot comes out and then another agency comes along in another few years. And what ends up happening is a lot of these messages Mm. are fragmented Mm. because everybody's trying to do something different while forgetting about the consistency of the cues a brand should have in order to reinforce those messages. We used to be a lot better with them when there was less mediums out there, like back in the day where it was just TV and it was like the madman era. Um, The the reality is now we have so many different advertising avenues ranging from social display, whatever have you, and those brand cues over time are being fragmented and being treated in ways that are not consistent. So what happens is that the puzzle in your subconscious about what that brand 
is sounding like, looking like, is being fragmented. And so mm. it's the job of the integrated strategist to bring those elements together and create a master blueprint that the different stakeholders can look to when they're engaging in marketing communications campaigns. I also like to think that the integrated strategist is a new breed of strategists that try to balance both the art and science of the digital side while complementing the brand planning side that is a bit more traditional so that it's the best of both worlds. And in a way, I guess I've carried that passion and curiosity about people, mm. motion, behavior. Um, but uh, at one point I was a 3D animator uh, and that feels what like was a different life. What was that experience like? It was a fun experience. Your childhood dream now becoming reality. What was what was it like? It was it was very uh, strange because I was getting paid to do something that I was really obsessed about as a kid, <laughs> and what happened was I had like um, an internship. Yes, and I was creating all kinds of these intros for commercials with 3D animations of the logos or this or that or and uh, as we came to the final years of high school um, the guidance counselors kind of were walking me through it and they were like well you know animation doesn't really have a future it's limited and whatnot." <laughs> brilliant advice from yeah, the career yeah, counselor. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you know some of them are better than others yeah mm. But uh, where then I, I talked to them and stuff, like, I really like to create, like, mini stories and create worlds out of the blue. Like, so, well, there's this thing called advertising where you create things uh, and you get paid to come up with ideas out of thin air. Um, and uh, I pursued it. I was lucky enough to have a full scholarship throughout my university. And then I had a scholarship for... Uh, Leo Burnett, um, and I yeah. Walk us through your through your through your pathway, like to, through your path, your education and career path, perhaps to how you got to where you are today. Because we're 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 really segueing into that, and it's great. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, without uh, going too much back and forward, I graduated high school from a computer arts gifted program, created a portfolio went and had uh, an admission opportunity from York University and OCAD University. And I ended up going to OCAD. And when I was at OCAD, I took the advertising program, which taught me art direction and copywriting. Mm. And I then graduated with distinction. And it was the 2008 recession. So... Kind of like graduating I, right now. Yeah, kind of like graduating right now in the middle of a pandemic. It's funny how history is cyclical. Um, so I came out and uh, I was a bit of an oddball because uh, I went around with this portfolio in downtown Toronto uh, and outside of the ideas, beside every portfolio piece I had, I had a strategy beside it. And every creative director I went to was just baffled. 
is like, why do you, why are you showing me the strategy behind the creative? I said, well, the two should go hand in hand. Uh, and that's like, that's fundamental belief of mine. Like, what's the point of a creative without a strategy? She's <laughs> like, that's not something you should be concerned about. You should be concerned about making great creative. That's mm. going to blow me away. Mm. And the silos, I did, the silos in the industry, the were, silos were, in the industry were showing up and the <laughs> theoretical stuff you learn in university were tossed out the window. So I did that for like a good six months, couldn't get a job. And I was just shattered. I was like, how is it possible that I'm the top of my class, uh, full scholarship all the way through? And I can't land a job. Was this, was this all a delusion, you know? And meanwhile, I was just continuing to uh, use the free time that I had to uh, learn a different skill set to survive the recession. I was like, well, I got to do something. Oh, wait, I learned some graphic design along the way of art direction and copywriting. And... We went back to even the 3D animation that I knew, and I started to shop around as graphic designer. Graphic design was a lot more um, attainable because there's more graphic design jobs out there. Uh, the art director and copywriter jobs of the world are very coveted, or at least they were at that time. And so it's like going through a needle through a haystack. But the designers more abundant. Eventually landed a job at the town of Richmond Hill and got a break uh, through a friend of a friend who said, this guy knows his stuff. He can, he's a really hard worker. You know, here's his resume. And they took me on and said, show us your portfolio. I showed That's them. a good friend of a friend. That's a good friend of a friend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's funny that we'll come back to that because what I didn't learn in university was the power of networking. And I thought that the merit of my education and the merit of my knowledge and talent was going to land me the job. And I was very startled to realize that no one cares about your, your capabilities if you don't have the necessary introductions to show your capabilities. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of good talent that just withers away mm -hmm. because they're just not exposed to the right mediums. Now, this was the days before social media. Mm -hmm. So for all, you know, for all I know right now, it could be a little bit easier in terms of showcasing your talent. Mm -hmm. But back then it was like you had a paper and your name on it. And who knew this, who this guy was, what he was capable of. The paper says he's capable. Yeah. But who knows? So I... Spent five years in the town of Richmond Hill trying to, you know, create some kind of uh, a name for myself and build a portfolio of pieces. But there was always this piece nagging in the back of my head uh, about, like, what's next? What am I going to do? This this can't be it. Surely, like, I can... Being a public servant is never enough. No. Something <laughs> else needs to be added. No, it wasn't <laughs> that being a public servant, and I like how you're egging me on, but it was just that I... And I'm joking because yeah. I, my passion is for public service, so... Okay. I I couldn't shake off the feeling that I still had something to give in that alternate reality, that alternate life where I wasn't doing that thing that I trained myself to do, obsessed about. And around that time, 
you know, social media started to pop up. Mm -hmm. And I was pitching social media to a municipality that couldn't understand what, you know, social media was in that sense at the time. And I was like, who understands this stuff? Email marketing was mm -hmm. kicking in. SEO was kicking in. Yeah. Uh, Google Analytics was kicking in. All these things that I was like, what are these things? Uh, these things weren't taught to me in university. Yeah. And how can they help me kind of figure out a backdoor? I was constantly trying to figure out, like, how can I get back in? Yeah. And, and really find a way to add more value to the organization that you were working for. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I, as God is my witness, I did everything I could to show all those different things that I was taking on and capable of. But one of the epiphanies I had later on is like, you know, at this certain uh, entry points, people don't need you to come in and provide all your capabilities. They need you for a certain set of capabilities. Yeah. And fortunately, unfortunately, you need to serve those specific parameters. That's right. And uh, for lack of a better word, er, earn your way up the chain. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that ideology, but I think that's just the reality of how a lot of different organizations, corporate, civil, are structured. Yeah. And then from the town of Richmond Hill, what were the next couple of steps that got you to the point in your career where you are today? So we can speed through it. Uh, I then got a break at a corporation that managed uh, all the graphics distributions of Canada, and it was a B2B role. It was an 80% business-to-business business. Business role. It was an 80% uh, web uh, development, email marketing, and design, and 20% uh, of it was marketing coordinating. Mm. And I went into that and the way I got that job was I had built for the past five years a portfolio of the different things that I was showcasing and capable of and the side hustle that I would do from time to time and I brought it on an iPad and I brought it on an iPad and I still remember uh, the person who hired me said I've never seen someone present me uh, their CV or their work as a presentation on an iPad. And that was my break. I showed what I was capable of in an That's entertaining great. way. And we did really well. Uh, we were doing massive sales. We were doing so well, we got bought over, and then everyone was let go. <laughs> <laughs> and working, coming from government, I was never used to this idea of being laid off. You know, government is just so safe. So it was like, all of a sudden I got laid off and I was just... This is what happens when you do great work. Yeah, I was like... And you grow the brand. Or you grow the brand. Now, the, now, now it's like taken over by an American company and they do everything from Florida or whatever and then there's massive redundancies because they're trying to, uh, you know, uh, create smaller rules that look after things and it's, it was I couldn't understand it I was like this is 2008 all over again <laughs> so I just let it I was like okay what am I gonna do so I got the severance package yeah and I said to myself okay well we're kind of on this world of taking risks again uh, and we spent five years just watching the world go by 
what's the next thing that has been weighing on my mind? I always wanted to go uh, to London, England, and see what uh, the other mecca of advertising was like. And between New York and London, England, those are huge hubs for advertising. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me see if I can like do this thing and get a little bit of a reputation through uh, London and maybe use that as a rapper to then come back and try again to see if I can get into advertising in Toronto or in Canada. So I went there, didn't know anybody, and through just talking to friends like yourself and other friends of friends, uh, I was able to start making little connections out of the blue, but it still didn't solve my uh, job problem. I was in a foreign country with no job experience, and I started shopping around my portfolio, and it wasn't necessarily doing things. So I'm like, I'm going to go bigger. I started doing really outlandish things. I, I got like a giant chess piece uh, at a store, and I just dropped it in front of the Monocle's head office with my CV inside of it and all this stuff. I, I bought a stuffed uh, Finding Nemo doll, and I sent it to like a, a PR. I was just like trying everything. And then there was this. Uh, That's great, by the way, and it and it does work. It, it just depends on like who who the audience is. Exactly. It can really work. Um, it's it's hit and miss, but yeah. it, it's brilliant when it does work. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, <laughs> the, it, some of it did work. Like I remember, I wanted to get a job at Pret a Manger, uh, one of my favorite coffee shops in the UK. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right anymore. You Pret. Are. Anyway, and uh, I remember that there office was located near Victoria Station or something like mm-hmm. that. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And there was a pret right there. And I heard that the workers go there to drink coffee. So I just sat there for like a couple of days buying coffee, eavesdropping on conversations to know who's the right stakeholder to actually interrupt. And I had a chance to talk with one person who eventually said, you know, you got to go through these routes to do it. Anyway, what I, when I got my break was uh, there was an opening and they were asking an open call for uh, an entry role to come in and um, show us the future of marketing. Yep. And so I created a presentation, again, a presentation of where I saw the future of marketing in 10 slides or so. And I got the job. That's your sweet spot. And you, you you love that. I, well, that was that. That was the thing I kept on. That I insights, love strategy. Exactly. Mm. I was like, here it is again. Like being rewarded with like following your curiosity mm-hmm. and just not and hustling and hustling. Really yeah. hustling. Yeah, and and, and high like it. <laughs> After the fact, it looks like hustling, but when I was in it, it kind of looked like I was just hitting walls. But afterwards, I was like. Okay, like now I found this person who's giving me another chance and I'm going to make sure that I reward this person to to the end of my breath. And that's what I did. And I quickly grew my reputation there very rapidly. I got to work on uh, client user journeys for Mercedes-Benz. And uh, then I was helping with the B2B uh, prospecting. I was helping the managing director with pitches for new businesses. 
I was suddenly exposed to a strategist, a really smart strategist. Then I saw them having a doctor of analytics collaborate with strategists. And I started seeing another side of the world that I hadn't seen before. And then Marketing I'm like, in Britain is a different, it's next level, right? It's next level, yeah. And I was like, man, <laughs> if I could take this to Toronto, that would be really cool. What if I take what I learned here and I take it to Toronto? We're just gonna like, we're gonna kill it. And so uh, I did that. I was in the UK for less than a year. Family matters came up. I came back to Canada and I uh, went around town uh, getting interviews. And every one of those interviews, like, what was your London experience like? What was your London experience like? I'm like, well, that. There is, it's funny, I'm the same guy, and all I want to know is yeah. like, what is it? And, it, and that's one of the things that I think for anyone listening who is younger is don't discount the value of uh, something that's from the opposite side of the world, and yeah. or, or an experience it can bring. Cross-cultural experiences. Cross-cultural experiences. I can tell you, every time I mention to people that I had a co-op placement in Japan, and you know, and I had two years in London, yeah. I mean, that just fascinates people. It does. Um, and, um, and, it, and it allows you to relate to people um, at a different level mm -hmm. than if you haven't had those kind of experiences. Um, it 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 draws them, it draws you closer to them in many ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, and so following the experience of being in Britain and uh, now um, aiming to to rejoin the marketing um, uh, environment here in Toronto, maybe we can continue from there. Yeah, I went around and showed what I was learning there. And oddly enough, there wasn't any job titles for it here. I was trying to explain to people there's this thing. It's like digital marketing, and it combines strategy principles, and ad agencies just couldn't understand it. But then there was these SEO companies that were popping up that kind of understood it. There search was engine optimization. Search engine optimization mm -hmm. companies that kind of understood it. There was these uh, little shops that were popping up that understood it. But uh, I couldn't get my foot in the door until I came across this job opening for a company called The Art of, which was the largest uh, business development conference in Canada at the time. And they were looking for someone that could do inbound marketing and help not only with generating leads, but do email marketing, digital strategy. And so they're very smart because this guy uh, who was running it, the two founders, including the person who hired me, understood the stuff that I was seeing and doing in the UK. Yeah. And a big part of this is that they had these massive speakers from Gary Vaynerchuk to like Amy Cuddy to Chris Hatfield. Mm -hmm. And those were just magnets for me to come. And I, and I came in and I gave another presentation. And I said, this is where your brand could be. These are the opportunities I see. And they hired me because of the presentation I gave. They said, every other person just sent us a CV, etc. I was like, okay, I'm going to give you tenfold value for the opportunity you're going to give me. Because again, strangers are going to take a chance on me and I want to give them everything I can so that they remember that they, they were right to take a chance on me. And would you share that kind of a presentation in the interview itself? Or do you 
find a way to give a taste of it in your um, application? For that one, I think it was a mix of I sent a CV and I sent it as a PDF to give them a little teaser. And then the full one was when I was in person. And uh, that's a good thought. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because at the same time, you know, like the industry ideas are always out there. But the industry also has a tendency to do a lot of speculative work. Yeah. Um, but if you give a little teaser and they like it, then you're not losing everything. That's great. Yeah. I like that. Um, and from there, I then got a uh, kind of more taste of like, where can I apply these things that I learned from there and combine more of this knowledge? And there was a role for a digital strategist and the title was starting to come up. And I got a job at uh, a place called Red Lion. And I started to work on... Which is a well-respected advertising agency in Canada. Yeah. And I a started... A lot of awards. And I started to uh, work on um, KitchenAid, Whirlpool, Maytag. And I got exposed to these big brands. And I got exposed to a lot of different things that I thought that I could bring back all those things that I learned in university, all those things that I learned uh, post-university, the things I learned in the UK and bring it to fold here. And the role required me to not only just come up with plans for campaigns, but also analyze the performance of those campaigns. And the clients at KitchenAid and whatnot, they weren't used to seeing someone analyze the entire user journey or come up with a campaign, not just help craft uh, an idea that's great, but also be like, okay, what's working here? What's not working here? And we're not stopping at the end of the display stuff. We're going to the website and see how the website is performing. And then from there, I went on to uh, get a job at JWT. That's great. Thank yeah. you so much. Um, so we'll um, switch gears now, and um, I wanted to ask you, um, as you've gone through your career journey and as you've gotten to the point where you're at right now in your, you know, uh, being part of an agency that is doing interesting work, um, you know, finding ways to add value through your weekly e-newsletter, through um, the, um, you know, the training that you're providing online, there's a course that you're running on uh, Skillshare called Crafting an Integrated Brief. Um, you're publishing articles in publications like Strategy Magazine, um, doing all these kinds of interesting things and finding ways to add value to society. Um, is there, you know, are there certain um, experiences that you've had or, or or is there a point in time where you feel like, Having done that brought you a great deal of joy. Um, having gone through that experience, whether it's client work or having put uh, into the world a certain resource that you've drawn a lot of joy from that experience that is well aligned with, um, you know, your skills and your talents. I feel like what I get the most from sharing the information has been also giving it in a sense it's kind of cyclical mm. as I'm giving information and mentoring other people. I'm also getting back uh, more uh, of a loop mm. where people ask me questions that then I investigate mm. and I end up having to 
learn more and I get value out of that and it keeps on becoming this kind of full circle. And what, what I guess I've been learning through this service is it's not just for me to service other people. Mm. It comes back to me in full circle. Yeah. Uh, whether it's job opportunities I've actually gotten in the past through my email newsletter, yeah. <laughs> clients that came up, um, and just in general, uh, helping me help others. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, two uh, more questions. One of them, is there um, a certain lesson, career-related um, lesson that you've picked up um, in the past that has uh, proven useful? Whether it's, you know, entering a new job or uh, progressing in your career within, within a certain role. The lessons that I picked up was don't give up, mm. be relentless. It's easy to give up, especially in this kind of environment. Yeah, uh, You might think that your talents uh, are the merit of what your next job should be. That's not necessarily the case at times. You need to make sure you make those human connections mm. to be able to have people see your talents uh don't just tell people what you're capable of show them yeah do those little presentations if it can help you yeah um stay curious when you follow your curiosity even if it doesn't make sense that you're learning this and learning that we're in a world now where it's okay to be multifaceted we don't have to compartmentalize our curiosity and it just makes us a more fully rounded person Thank you so much. And final question. Um, is there a certain resource that you found helpful and that you think um, someone who is mapping out their career or is progressing in their current role um, could also find helpful, whether it's a book or uh, a website or some other type of resource that you've leveraged in recent past and you've found helpful? Most of these corporations like Google, Facebook have free online education resources uh, Facebook's blueprint is really good if you just want to mm. get a holistic sense of things for free. Uh, Google also provides a lot of free resources. Um, you'd be surprised at how many free resources there are to brush up your understandings. Mm. And then there are all these mini courses that thought leaders in the space provide to teach you frameworks. Mm. Keyword is frameworks. If you want to go beyond just hearing from the thought leaders, Google frameworks, blueprints, whatever, to actually understand the craft. That's great. Thank you so much for Thank taking you. part in the Career Planning Show. We really appreciate having you with us, Michael. Thanks for listening to the Career Planning Show. We publish a new episode every Monday. Subscribe now via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcasting platform. Learn more about the show and submit your career planning related questions at rashkanu.com forward slash career planning. That's R-A-S-C-A-N-U dot com forward slash career planning.